Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Uh, let's see. Mm. Ah, yes. First and foremost, Happy Father's Day. Wishing all, everyone, uh, uh, peaceful, quiet, and safe and healthy Father's Day. Uh, so if you are watching this, uh, there's a chance that you didn't go and go out and celebrate uh, because usually the timing is quite tight. Uh, yeah, so today's topic, COVID-19, living with COVID-19, uh, the volunteers uh, originally gave me a topic. Uh, actually, I'm going to. I'm kind of using that topic. Uh, the point is that topic. Let me pull it out. So it was. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Um, finding peace before, during, and after COVID. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that this topic is uh, probably something that may resound in many people. Yeah. Uh, before COVID and after COVID, we are still in the during phase. Yeah. So I'm thinking. Um, the before before is over already uh. we we cannot go back to before because it, it seems like the COVID-19 is here to stay it's, uh, it's an unwanted guess <laughs> in a way uh, but we have no choice in this matter yeah it's here to stay uh, we have started the phase 2 we just started the phase two for a few days, so um, have you all gone out to to the restaurants, to the shopping mall? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Let's take a look um, today's topic. Hmm. Yeah, I decided to change it to living with. COVID-19 yeah. because there's a high chance that you will be around for a while more yeah. um, in a way I want to open up for you all to ask questions today as well because today is uh, while today is not the last day of the month next week next week we are actually having a uh, we are having a urban retreat yeah so you all can sign up if you like to uh, so as a result next week there will be no SGC yeah so um, yeah so if you have any questions you can post on to the comments I have it um, running below uh, otherwise, I will just touch a bit on this topic, but I also want to maybe extend it to touch on living with others. Yeah. So COVID nineteen, this pandemic. Um. At this point in time, uh, I think it has claimed eight over million. Uh, eight over, over million people has gotten infected. Yeah. Uh, let's look at today's update. As of today, eight point five million. Eight point five million people has gotten have gotten infected uh, worldwide. 
there are 456,000 cases of fatality and these are the known cases these are the reported cases diagnosed to have COVID-19 there may be many others that are actually due to COVID-19 but we will never know uh, in Singapore we have 41,000 cases that has been confirmed uh, 7,000 cases uh, are active 7,500 cases are active Recovered cases is 34,224 We have uh, 26 cases of fatality yeah. uh, A few months back we had one session on COVID-19 uh, I shared about how We we should uh, try to uh, instead not to spread fear instead of uh, letting ourselves succumb to the fear and anxiety. Uh, we should spread compassion. Yeah. Um, since then, a lot has changed. Hmm. So, let's see. Nobody seems to have any questions today. So, how to live with it? Uh, in a way, I'm not necessarily the best person to talk about this topic. Yeah, because uh, in a way, it has not really affected me. Yeah, uh, I was talking to some some students. For me, COVID nineteen has been uh, quite a blessing, in a sense, uh, because of the circuit breaker. We are we have a lot more quiet time. Um, I heard from another senior monk, Bante Siha. He was sharing how he. Um, he quite enjoyed this circuit breaker, the, the one that just passed. Because with the center closed, he has time for, to, for himself to do his uh, uh, study, to do his uh, reading of the suttas without interruption. Yeah. So, but I understand that for, for some people, for some people um, being restricted in terms of our movement, in terms of our lifestyle, um, that can be quite a, quite something to that is troubling. Uh, so how how to live with it? I think I would not be covering things like um, the medical aspect of it. I think there are a lot of a lot of. Um, Articles. There are a lot of public service announcement telling us, uh, and I and I think by now most of us are uh, more accustomed to wearing a mask. Yeah, when we go out. In fact, um, I was I was thinking about how in some countries, the countries like um, Taiwan, uh, places like Hong Kong, uh, these are places that. From what I observe, they are used to wearing masks even before COVID-19. Part of the reason is because there was the SARS infection before. The other is, uh, I heard in some large cities, the, the air is uh, quite bad, the pollution is quite bad. So they are used to wearing masks. Yeah. The other aspect of it is uh, civic con consciousness. Yeah. So to be civic-minded, so if you are sick, then you wear a mask. Uh, but now in this case, whether you are sick or not, we have to wear a mask. Uh, so I will not be touching um, on, on this aspect because I think we have been bombarded with this for quite a while. And by now, if you are, if you are still thinking, you know what, let's not wear masks and see what happens. 
then you are really uh, playing with uh, rolling the dice uh. yeah. um, some some years back some years back there was this uh, this natural disaster yeah there was the Sichuan earthquake yeah some time back so a student asked me um, by becoming a monk uh, you have less resources you have less ability to help with the earthquake if you had continued working then you can um, uh, provide and give to the disaster uh, relief aid and so on and so forth so I thought about it I said well that may be true um, but uh, on my own I can only do so much uh, but being ordained I can um, encourage people and governize others to to help with the relief aid and it perhaps even more importantly the Dharma uh, the Dharma teaches us to help solve such problems but the question I have was before the earthquake were people having peace? were people okay? were they happy? with the earthquake of course there, there's a lot of pain and suffering yeah, similarly with COVID-19, there's a lot of pain and suffering that people are experiencing. Um, and even those who are not infected, yeah, the rest of us, we have restrictions. Yeah. And there are also those who, who, whose livelihood is affected. So what can we um, do with all this, yeah, with the Dharma? Um, I think the Dharma uh, the, the difference that the Dharma can make for us is um, with or without COVID-19 how can we uh, live in peace? how can we be happy or at least live in harmony with one another? with or without a job how can we still um, live an upright life yeah. uh, I've heard from students who, who, who share with me that various industries are affected and um, I think this is something very real yeah. so what can we do what can we do to um, find peace within this COVID-19 so <clears throat> maybe you all, you all can share with me how has COVID-19 affected you all yeah, and leave comments inside the in, uh, leave your thoughts in the comments and then we can maybe have a sharing on this yeah um, In the meantime, I might uh, I'm on maybe sharing a bit about uh, living in harmony with one another. Yeah, because I have uh, witnessed firsthand, uh, not at my place, but I've seen how um, because of COVID nineteen, because of the because of the what do you call that 
um, circuit breaker and even now we are at phase two uh, a lot of people are working from home uh, I see that there are a lot of a lot more tension between people because of the close proximity yeah. um, so that's one area I want to talk about Sherry says that it has affected her mom a lot. You know, maybe you want to share how it has affected your mom. Mm. Ah, uh, Hui Hun says that we discussed a similar topic before, yes. And we stopped at being attached to bubble tea. <laughs> yeah. Loss of job and freedom to go where we want. Mm. So, we have loss of job. of freedom mm. focus lots of changes steep learning curve in ICT tools for teaching, need to role model growth mindset for students and teachers, blended learning is the new norm, yeah, <coughs> yeah so um, work from home, uh, yeah so this work from home is somewhat linked to the close proximity yeah. uh, and this is also linked to the the loss of focus how do we focus at home yeah. the loss of job and loss of freedom is another set of problems or set of problems altogether Chloe says, Circuit Breaker made me lazy, <laughs> but I enjoy the increased personal time. I get time to sign up for online courses and can join SGC online. Yes, very good. So happy, happy that I don't need to travel on crowded public transport. Yeah, actually for me that's one of the, the upside as well, not having to do the travel to class. Um, I find that travel itself actually uh, drains us physically yeah but of course there's some downside yeah as Marcel highlight there's no face-to-face -face, uh, spiritual service so the contact time is a bit lesser uh, as in the, the the depth of contact perhaps is a bit lesser mm. so yeah the new norm I think a lot of uh, a lot of courses and classes, not just uh, Dharma classes, but a lot of other classes, will become more and more uh, online, and perhaps become a, a combination of online and offline courses. Yeah, because even before this, a lot of university has made their classes online and open to the public. Yeah, so this is going to be the new normal. Yeah, like it or not. Uh, so that's the upside, you know. We don't have to worry about the travel. I'm gonna just shift this to the side. So no travel. So let's. Um, Alison says, able to attend so many online Dharma talks by Shifu from Spain. This was not possible before. <laughs> yeah. Mm. 
so let's let's just start off with one of them first. Yeah, this thing about close proximity. Um, how many of you feel that uh, you are getting to spend time with your family members, and that's a good thing? Um, I I heard from some well, like some of you mentioned that you're are happy to actually spend time with your family. Yeah, like Ming Hui says that you get to see more of your children. Yeah. Um, but it it sometimes cuts both ways. Yeah. Because as a result the dynamics between people has changed. Yeah. Before that parents would go to go to work, children go to school, and then you all come back to come back home. And because of that absence, that separation, when you come back home, uh, there's a bit of that freshness, you know. Yeah, as they say, absence makes the heart fonder. But now, parents are becoming the school coach, the tutor, the the assistant teacher, and at the same time, you still have to do your work from home as well yeah. uh, and from the children's side I think uh, I don't know whether there are any students who are currently studying uh, maybe you all can comment on it yeah. uh, but I think for children some of them may enjoy the extra time with their parents some of them may feel like there's a reduction in privacy yeah so I want to touch on this thing about privacy for close proximity. Granted, if you stay together, you stay together as a family, right? Yeah. But because of the increased contact time, um, it can actually cause some stress and tension. Yeah. So I want to just uh, briefly touch on one simple point, which is uh, <laughs> something that I mentioned before. Yeah. Learn to leave your family alone. <laughs> I know this may seem sound strange, you know, uh, all the thing about caring for one another, but we may have to learn to do this. Yeah, leave people alone. Yeah. To learn to leave our family members alone, to leave people alone. Uh, it may sound contradictory, yeah, that we are used to saying, okay, if we love someone, we should give them time, we should like spend time with them, yeah. Uh, but what I found out is, uh, I think it's a matter of measure. So finding the right proportion is important, yeah. Um, and of course, it's always hard to find and strike the balance, yeah. So, um, what we what do we mean by leaving people alone? So, uh, in the Buddha's time, there was this person who, uh, there was this monk who would go on arms round he would go on arms round and he would uh, do it by himself he would basically do everything by himself so the other monks were like hmm, is this right? so they thought about it and they went to consult the Buddha and the Buddha called the monk over and then advised him and, and, and verified with him and upon finding out that yeah he, indeed he, he does everything alone uh, he commended that you know it's good to practice is, uh, like seclusion not isolation uh, seclusion um, but he said what you are doing is physical seclusion yeah. but there's another kind of seclusion which is a bit different which is that when you come in contact with what you see not to grasp what you hear not to grasp and so on 
that you don't grasp onto whatever you come in contact with your senses. Yeah. So um, when we say that uh, to leave people alone, uh, it doesn't mean that we we simply just don't interact with one another, but perhaps not to bother, not to disturb people. Yeah. Uh, this is a bit tricky for parents and children yeah, because parents have this uh, duty to guide the, the children yeah. um, so let's leave that aside first okay? children that is uh, maybe 16 years old and below 20 years old and below yeah, uh, where they still need guidance they still need the parents to like take care of them and so on but in Singapore, many um, many young adults in their twenties are still staying with their parents, um, and with the circuit breaker, or with the current and the ongoing COVID nineteen, um, people are people people who stay with their parents may find you know, more and more tension. Yeah, so. If your child is staying with you and they are already above 20 years old, uh, perhaps it's time to learn to leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean you stop caring for them, it means you give them space to decide how to live their life. Yeah. Uh, and it also means that you we have to learn to be contented with just minding our own business. Yeah. Minding our own business. Hmm. So what has this got to do with the Dharma in a way? Uh, in a sense, from a certain angle it feels like it's nothing much. But when we mind other people's business, yeah. So here we have minding our own business versus other, yeah. Um, this is all about. the way is about control uh, and this is about the self about the ego uh, are we caring for other people with our ego that we want to care for people and we want them to live their life according to how we think it should be mm. now as I said the first category the category where we are talking about children um, then you know it's fair game parents have the have the right have the duty as far as Singapore is concerned you know, to to uh, attend to them and to make sure that they are doing the right thing yeah. uh, but beyond that if your, if your children is already 20 plus years old staying with you uh, it's up to you to set out certain ground rules yeah. but beyond that you know, kind of learn to leave them alone and attend to your own. Yeah, attend to what you need to do. Yeah, I think very simple. If you can do that, I think between people you'll live in harmony. Now, bear in mind, it doesn't mean that you don't care for one another, but it means that you care without that that um, ego in place. You take the me out of the equation and care more about the them really care about them and not care about whether they are well according to your standard yeah oh. so that's what I want to touch on today about close proximity and then working from home um, I've heard from students I heard from uh, my sister about how um, it, it can be distracting as well yeah the focus mm. Just now, I think Ming Hui mentioned about that. So, 
this is where it becomes trickier because if you are staying with your parents, your parents are more elderly, um, or with your children, then um, how? Because uh, the the disturbances or when they come to interact with you, that's something you can't really stop in a sense. Well, you can always lock the door. Yeah, but uh, when you're at home, then tendency is you will think about when you will see them perhaps and you may go and attend to them. Yeah. Uh, sometime back, sometime back, or, or rather actually quite many years ago, I visited this center they have this very interesting practice. Yeah, a very interesting practice. Uh, which is whenever they hear a bell, whether it's the phone ring or it's the chime, the clock, the grandfather clock or anything, when they hear a bell, then they'll stop whatever they are doing and they'll just observe three counts of breath. Yeah, they'll stop talking, they'll stop their task and you just observe their breath. Uh, I think this can be applied perhaps to our current work from home as well. That even when you are working from home or not, um, every message that comes in do not require you to instantly attend to it. I think for many people, even when they work from office, we are bombarded by emails, by messages, yeah, by con call and so on and so forth yeah, such that oftentimes you cannot complete one piece of work yeah, so for the longest time my phone my phone's uh, notification has been off yeah. so no ring, no whatsoever uh, I can afford to do that because you know I'm a monk <laughs> uh, but if you can't then perhaps you have to learn how to live with it and one way is what I learned from that center uh, and it, it's basically that you, yeah, whenever there's notification, you use that as a reminder. Instead of associating that with, oh, you know, urgency, with anxiety, with messages, you treat that like uh, the, you know, treat that bell like this, like this one. Yeah. Like as though it's this. And when you hear this, you just observe your breath until the sound has subsided yeah. or you observe three counts so that's, that's another way yeah. I think that can help us within the context of work to stay a bit more focused um, and maybe to sit down with your family members to have some kind of uh, arrangement that there are certain times where it's strictly no, distur no disturbance and then there are certain timing where you know, still okay and maybe give some exception, like life and death, you know. Sister is drowning in the bathtub. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I didn't call you because you said this is a no disturbance time. Yeah. Uh, so maybe have some arrangement with your family members. So that even when they need to engage you, uh, they engage you only when really needed. Uh, or during your break time or something. Yeah, yeah and remember to take breaks. Uh, I think for many people at work, we do take breaks but ironically, when people are from home the whole thing become just interlinked, you know so sometimes we may work very long duration without taking breaks yeah um, and for, for some people I, that I know uh, working from home become a hazard yeah because you end up sitting there for hours and hours at end Whereas at the, in the office, your colleagues may pop by and talk to you, so you get you know shifted, and you don't just get stiff up, uh, or your colleagues may you know chill you to, to go and get coffee, so you move around. But at home, there's no colleagues to come and ask you to do that. Yeah, so have to regulate yourself. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Uh, Sai Kyung Joyce says uh, getting paranoid when someone keeps coughing. <laughs> yeah, I think this is, uh, this is something that uh, can be scary. Yeah. Um, 
but what we can do is take due diligence and if you see anyone who is uh, like out without mask maybe just gently remind them uh, if they refuse then you know uh, if you are able to then submit a case to one service it's not about um, telling on others but it's about you know getting people to be more responsible so Chloe mentioned about um, becoming lazy uh, yeah but it has an upside increased personal time mm. I want to perhaps also touch on uh, so we touch on this, touch on this, touch on this uh, loss of job mm. how? <laughs> over the years I have actually um, helped some students to look around uh, not all cases find job through me Yeah, but I think well, because there are, I may be in contact with a good number of, you know, on Facebook there's 5,000 friends. Um, maybe if you have a loss of job, the, the most direct way is to help you find a job, isn't it? Yeah. Um, some students may say, oh, Sifu, can you do some chanting for me to find a job? Well, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's this Chunti Senso, yeah, the Chunti Bodhisattva Mantra. Uh, it's supposed it's said to like fulfill your wishes. Uh, but if I can help you find a job, then I can fulfill your wish directly, right? <laughs> yeah. So the other day, a student just um, asked me whether he can post uh, a job request onto, uh, or rather, not job request that there's some company that is looking for uh, hires so ask me whether it is possible for him to post it on our group chat yeah, the telegram chat so I told him to send it to me because I rather screen through it and perhaps um, not flood the, the chat group uh, so that's one, one option oh. uh, I'm a person I, I who, who feel that the simplest solution is always a, the better solution. Yeah, it's a it's a corollary of the Occam's razor. Yeah. So if you don't need ta pezo, don't use ta pezo. <laughs> yeah. Like if you are hungry, just go and get food. If you are thirsty, go and drink drink some water. Like what I'm going to do now. And if you are sleepy, just go and sleep, you know. Um, don't don't try to use Star Pay tool for everything. <laughs> so similarly, uh, if you lost your job and I can help you with it, then maybe I'm the answer to your prayer <laughs> already. Then you keep on asking me to do prayers for you. Yeah. So, uh, but of course, there are, there are people who have... Uh, who always don't seem to find the right match and they do some chanting and it can help them yeah. the way I see it is when they do some chanting it quietens their mind, it helps them to be more at peace and so they have more clarity and with that clarity when they are uh, out looking for jobs they, have, uh, they see more clearly what is suitable yeah. and perhaps to some extent then their wholesome karma may ripen and they may find the right job even more importantly is when you do go for the interview and ultimately get the job yeah, how do you deal with it? Yeah. do you go to work uh, with clarity in the mind or not? Mm. so yeah a, a number of you all mentioned that with the COVID-19 you have more time yeah I think that is definitely the case Mm. So, daycare centers are closed. So, uh, for Sherry, her mom lacks interaction with friends. She's she gets weaker and weaker in terms of mental and physical. Yeah, um, maybe we can do some try to arrange for some uh, volunteers to visit. 
now that we are in phase two, yeah, um, yeah, but we, we do need some, uh, we do need to provide that for people, yeah. Maybe those of you who, who have uh, elderly parents who go to daycare can maybe um, PM me and then maybe we can, you know, work something out. Yeah. And again, so like in this case, uh, I'm not going to recommend chanting tablets or anything, okay? I think we should um, like come up with actual solution for people. Uh, Jaslyn Go says, chance upon Sifu classes now, and now I'm following your classes. Oh, nice. I have more time for practice, but facing challenges at work as I find relationship with boss can get strained. Discussion, lack human touch, easy for inter misinterpretation just from tone and how one talks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and sometimes just the lack of contact time can create suspicion. Yeah. So, uh, some, some students have shared, uh, I heard from some, that like certain companies, they will at least have a video con call once a week, yeah, and even when they have meeting, they will just start off the first few minutes to have FaceTime at least once a day or something, so that they maintain that um, human touch. Then when they go into the details, like you know looking through spreadsheets and so on then they turn off the video they just share the screen and so on yeah that can help yeah uh, the one thing about work i find um, i've heard from different individuals who come to me for counseling or who happen to mention to me that they sometimes feel like certain colleagues are you know doing things that is detrimental to them and this and that um, so in one of the classes we discussed this and some students think that no no people are nice and you know we should always be positive um, and there are some people who think that no people are always out to get you so to me these are two extremes uh, what I do know is that we don't know we, we almost never know we can guess we can speculate we can come really close but we don't really know and to me the earlier we come to terms with the fact that we don't know the better it is that we don't know what people are thinking like now if I were to ask you to guess a number from 1 to 50 yeah, or even 1 to 30 1 to 20 yeah, if enough of you guess at the same time, there's a chance that, you know, uh, one of you might get it. But that'll be purely just statistics, you know, bell curve. The truth is we can't guess what people are thinking. So, um, maybe people are really out to get us, maybe people are not. Uh, my take is we should not expect that people have to be nice to us at work we should do our due diligence that um, like just the other day um, someone shared with me about how uh, in her work there are certain tasks that she need to update the, the, the HQ but then her, her HOD, her department head, uh, tells her verbally that, oh, the department head is going to update. So she's like, okay, sure, then you go ahead and update. But some, some days, some weeks later, it turned out that the department head didn't update. And then the HQ actually sent a reminder. So in her opinion, the HOD, the department head, actually sabot her. So then I was like, Okay, so, but did you send out an update to the HQ that, uh, to, to close the loop? Yeah, to close the loop meaning that the usual arrangement is that she will update the HQ. Uh, but since there's a change, 
then she should close the loop with both parties both the HQ and the person in this case the department head uh, who has you know uh, um, offered to do the update this way the person who is supposed to do update get you know knows that you know can confirm whether she, he or she is going to do it and the HQ know who to chase the trouble is many people would just assume that well the person already said that he's going to do so the person should do yeah you know the thing about work is it's not about whether you should or not but to make sure that the, that the job get done yeah it's not about it's, it's too late after the fact to say oh who should do what yeah but rather to just do your due diligence to make sure that people know what they are supposed to do and people do do what they do what they are supposed to do yeah and i think in many of the cases that i've counseled if people just send out that one email then you'll solve a lot of problems instead of waiting until after the fact yeah so um that itself cannot change cannot uh, solve the human touch yeah uh, so good to have um, video calls as well so we learn uh, ask the question like uh, he's he is he, he's, he's, I think he's a guy he is uh, enjoying the time working from home being able to spend more time listening to Dharma talks and with family yeah but uh, he has a very interesting concern you know that in, in due time when this thing blow over we will get back to work will we get used to it um, I think we will it's a matter of time for us to get used to it yeah um, and I suspect like many courses I think a lot of company is going to go into a hybrid mode yeah this will reduce cost office space is always uh, is always uh, a luxury so I think um, even before this many companies have tried hot desking so now with this work from home uh, companies would be seriously considering the possibility that maybe some staff can work from home a few days a week or maybe on certain days yeah so uh, Tikwai says is it like watch over them but not micromanage them and give them breathing space says to grow and realize yes yeah um, this is related to the to being with our family members uh, I recently shared with my niece this whole this idea about stacker versus accountant. Yeah. Um, so I I'm not against stacker, okay, and I don't look down on stackers. Um, I, I told her I said um, I work as a stacker before. Yeah, before my uni days. I think I work as a stacker uh, when was that? I work in, in Emporium during the school holidays. Uh, possibly before NS yeah possibly before NS yeah so as a stacker what you do is you stack things you stack things into the shelf um, and so together with us there are, there's the foreman there's also the the supervisor and then there's the manager so every morning the manager will have a short meeting with us to tell us you know what what's up for that day uh, especially when it's the start of the shift I think we have two shifts one morning shift one afternoon shift so when we start the shift there'll be a short meeting and uh, the the manager would tell us whether there's any shipment coming in uh, what are the outstanding things to look, look out for and to clear and so on and the rest is basically just open you know throughout the day going through the shelf and stocking things up yeah so uh, that's usually the foreman and to to sort of like make sure we are doing our work and there's a supervisor to supervise our work the funny thing is that <laughs> I mean now that Emporium is really long close, close it's funny the funny thing is 
after the meeting, when the manager is gone, you would think that the supervisor and foreman would actually get the rest of us to start work. Instead, actually many times it's the supervisor and foreman who get the rest of us to go for coffee break, to go for tea break, to go for smoke break. I don't smoke, but they, they smoke, so I end up having to go as well. So it's quite funny. Yeah. Uh, I, I, as far as work is concerned, I don't have that kind of mindset to, to sky for to take breaks unnecessarily. Uh, plus, it's because I'm young, so uh, I, I had the energy to just work. Uh, but your staff work, because you're standing the whole day and then you're physically carrying things almost the whole day. Um, so I remember there was once I actually looked at some shelves and I was thinking, hmm, maybe those items can go into the other shelf and those items can go to the other shelf. So I can swap them or something. So I went to the manager and suggested swapping items. So she looked at me like, like I just suggested to when I don't know, invent a car or something. <laughs> yeah, he, he, she, I remember that she, she had a most abused look, or like, like confused look, like, what? Uh, but she, she just, you know, just said, okay, just go ahead. Um, and later I realized that it's because that's unlike uh, what usually comes from the stacker. That by and large, most of the time the stackers would just um, stock up the shelf um, without really looking at the big picture and say, hey, maybe this item should go there. Yeah. Um, and by and large, the stackers usually are, uh, need external push factors. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that all stackers are like that. I wasn't like that. And it's not to put down any particular profession. But it's to highlight that there are certain certain roles, certain jobs that is more mechanical, that where the work nature itself um, is more task oriented, less planning, less independent, um, and require closer uh, supervision. Yeah. Then on the other at the end at the other end of the spectrum, you have professionals such as uh, engineers, teachers, accountants, executives, and so on and so forth. Yeah. So these, on the other end of the spectrum, are professionals who uh, work in a very different manner. Uh, at this far end, you don't tell them exactly how to do their job in most cases. They are professionals, they, they either already know how to do their job or they can figure it out. Uh, all you need to do is tell them what you need from them and they will sort it out. Yeah. Uh, so usually when we say my manager is micromanaging me, then it means that you are actually working in a professional field and your manager is coming to you too frequently and uh, stipulating how you should be doing your job. Yeah, that's usually not advisable, this is usually not um, uh, healthy for the staff nor the manager. So usually managers manage yeah, the, the team as far as the outcome is concerned. They don't usually interfere with the process itself unless something really bad happened. Yeah. So compared to the stacker kind of work, the stacker would usually need close supervision and the instructions given are focused on the task you know, what to do, how to do it and not so much what this is supposed to achieve yeah. so the achieving part is managed by the manager themselves yeah, uh, where they look at certain deliverables so I use this analogy with many parents and children uh, that our children that children um, fall into these two categories and sometimes it's a mixture yeah. Uh, by and large, children who are younger tend to be more stacker than, let's say, accountant or engineer. Yeah. Uh, but depending on individual temperament, some may be more stacker, some may be more engineer or accountant or teacher for that matter. And as, as the child grows up, 
most would slowly shift from being a very stacker, yeah, uh, being a very stacker mentality kind of uh, um, person to being more independent, uh, self-managing, um, like a professional. Yeah. So, um, with regards to the question of not micromanaging, it depends. Yeah, but now with work from home, then the dynamics have changed. Yeah, so I have to take into consideration whether your child, um, especially when they're below 20, whether your child is more stacker and or more uh, teacher, accountant, engineer for that matter. Yeah, uh, because I, I find that many parents uh, suffer burnout or, or either that or suffer from disappointment saying that, oh, how come my child is not not independent enough? How come they need me to keep on um, like like um, hawking over them, then they do their homework? But your child is at the stacker stage. You can't expect them to be independent yet. Yeah, so if your child is at a certain age or certain temperament at this stage, then you have no choice. You have to micromanage them. You have to, or rather, um, define clearly that the task that you need them to do. Similarly, for managing, I think mates. Yeah, recently I come across uh, some ca a case on, you know, conflict with mates. Yeah. Um, I think it is, uh, it is, it is not across the board that all mates are of a certain type. Yeah. Um, but it's up to individuals to find out which part of the spectrum yeah, whether more stacker or more uh, accountant your, the, the, your mate is then you have to manage them accordingly no point, no point spending time ranting and being upset over your children or your mate or your staff for not being the way you want them to be yeah, you have to just you know, see things as they are, so to speak. Yeah, and, and recognize that if your mate, your child, your staff is of a certain caliber, then the best way is to manage them accordingly. Yeah. So let's see. Suin says that she likes the peace, quiet and flexibility of time working from home. Yeah, excellent. Uh Getting used to having meetings online instead of face to face, having discipline to do work from home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joyce. Uh, Joyce says that you know his her her dad like to go out and sit in a coffee shop with his friends. <laughs> yeah. As our parents grow up, they become like kids, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, we have to take on the, the tough role of being parents for them when they are older and maybe not able to make the best decision sometimes we have to do the bad call <laughs> yeah. boss called via teams even at night Jesse says <laughs> longer hours yeah I think Singapore in Singapore when the moment we work from home, then it becomes a bit trickier. Many people work beyond the office hours. Um, I'm sorry to hear about your mom, uh, Sherry, that she's uh, becoming weaker mentally and physically. Um, yeah, let's let's see what we can work out. Yeah, because I know that there are some there are some students who are. Not that they are free free, but they are interested to spend time to do volunteer work such as this. Uh, so let's take this offline. And for anyone else who is watching this video, if you have um, elderly parents who, who because of the current COVID-19 state in phase 2, are not able to do, go for daycare, um, get in touch with me. Uh, and those who, who are either between jobs, working from home or is, is more in control of your own time and you like to volunteer, 
then maybe we can you know do some matchmaking yeah so uh, Takman says that um, it's difficult to draw a difference between work and personal time yes absolutely that's what some students shared as well yeah uh, like at work you are at work yeah and you don't do personal stuff yeah or at least that's a minimum but at home you know in between your tasks then you may just swing by to do something else then come back and as a result we may feel like oh we we need to mo do more yeah so you know have to try to have some um, discipline on that Jia Ning says tapau a lot generate a lot of plastic waste yes absolutely yeah uh, I appreciate all the students who has offered lunch so far uh, it's been very helpful yeah um, different platform for meetings longer hours mm. yeah uh, so the last thing last thing on freedom One of my first talk in Singapore was actually on freedom. Yeah, uh, I think it was one of the uh, series of classes with SBF back in maybe 2006 or seven. Yeah, so freedom. The loss of freedom that we are experiencing today is uh, more related to our physical uh, movement yeah and also of course by extension the inability to do as we please it all boils down to uh, we getting to do what we want or not yeah so this is the kind of freedom that modern society talk about the freedom to do as we please, the freedom to speak, the freedom to think as we want to think. I think this kind of freedom is, is fine and good. Yeah, Freedom of our body and speech and mind. Uh, but in a way, these are external freedoms. In Buddhism, we talk about inner freedom. Yeah. The freedom to be at peace, the freedom to be at ease, to be okay. External freedom is good, but what happens if you don't have it? Do we then lose our inner freedom? External freedom can be taken away anytime, but if you can have your inner freedom, then that cannot be taken away. Yeah and that gives us the inner peace when we get to do what we want we are happy but when we don't get to do what we want can we still be happy if we can then that's inner freedom mm. uh, that's inner freedom uh, So nothing wrong with external freedom, yeah, nothing wrong with that. But if we lose our inner freedom, then we we'll, our we don't have peace inside, we don't have happiness inside. Then even if we go out, we're not happy. Yeah. I like to think that we all know the risk involved. Yeah. Now if we pursue our external freedom and we go out you know whenever we want and wearing a mask is uncomfortable yes especially for us who wear spectacles I cannot tell you how many times my spectacles fung up <laughs> I have to keep adjusting this you know to clear it up but still for our own safety and for others I think this is a small price yeah better to to do this to restrain ourselves a bit so that we can tide over this yeah, safely and keep the 
keep the losses to a minimum um, then if you were to just say okay you know what who cares let me just go and do what I want and then after that after that you lose the inner freedom after that you'll be spending your days wondering oh, oh dear did I get the virus yeah Oh, that place that I went to, even though it was very crowded, I still go in anyway. I didn't care. I didn't think anything less or anything more of it. Oh, but the next day there was news report. There was a cluster discovered. And after that, after visiting that mall, I went to see my parents. Then I visited my my sisters or whoever. And then after that, after that you have problem. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you get your freedom, but after that, after that, your inner freedom is gone. Yeah, you'll spend the next two weeks worrying. Yeah, did you get the virus, and did you transmit the virus to your family members, who may not be as strong as you physically to overcome the virus? Then how? Mm. Yeah. So think about it. Yeah, we all want freedom. But the true freedom is inner freedom, the freedom from suffering. Yeah, and even if we cannot reach that yet, at least uh, have have the freedom from worry. Yeah, that you get infected, or that you infected others. Oh. So external versus internal. Okay. Kaylin says that uh, it has become impossible to travel out of Singapore and we do not know when the borders will open again and she, she don't get to physically meet her parents who are not in Singapore yes as I understand your parents are in Malaysia um, yeah yeah, I'm sorry to hear uh, of your situation and I know it must be worrying that they are overseas they are in Malaysia and you are in Singapore you cannot do anything about it I have other students who have shared this with me as well um, and especially when uh, this other student shared with me that his father uh, his, his family members in uh, in Malacca and they, they were they were having a hard time convincing the parents to just stay put. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the inner freedom part. We are losing that external freedom. Um, but don't lose the inner freedom as well. Uh, stay safe, stay healthy. Take care. Yen